This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Oh, twas the afternoon before the trade deadline and all through the house, everyone was stirring. It was pandemonium. Pandemonium. What is going on? Tons going on in the National Hockey League. The Winnipeg Jets uh, still searching for something they could put their stamp on. I am 100% of the belief that they are still very active um, ongoing right now in the NHL trade deadline. I know we heard about it. I got emails this morning. I got text messages. I got people messaging me on Facebook about Chikrin. We can talk about that too. Um you know, obviously, when you looked at the first and, and two second round picks, I mean, I looked at my first look at it was like, well, why couldn't the Jets do that? But I think there's probably a lot more to that story that will first probably of all, likely never come who out. Who leaves college that early? He's got two years left. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's not on actually, he's just in a college arena. I thought he was in college. I thought he was biochemistry you wanna, was his major. Like, like it's going to be miserable in in even more miserable than it has been in Arizona for the next three years. There's no hope. I, They're I, playing in a barn of 5,000 people. Yesterday, I passed Skylar Peters in the hallway, and he said, I, we were talking Chikrin and Arizona yeah. and the picks and everything they're doing and what could be possible, and Nick Schmaltz and all this, and then he just cut it all off and said, why don't you build an arena? <laughs> like, just stop it with everything else you're doing right now and just build an arena. Oh, it's but, coming, Jim. Uh, look, I am, when I saw the price, that is not the, the, that's not what the going rate has been sitting on the table for months. That is a complete collapse in, they misplayed in, the market. Well, hundred percent. They, they did. asked way too much. We were we were talking about this way back when Florida was in town, and the entire brass was in the press box. And I said they're looking at both teams. They were writing down names from both the Panthers and the Jets. And the ask back then, we had Pegnata on, and and he said yeah. it's four pieces. They want two for the player and two for the contract. And so we were wondering if it would go down to three pieces, like mm-hmm. a, a equivalent of a first-round pick, like a player that was taken in the first round, a first-round pick, and another. So when it goes for a first-round pick, top five protected in two seconds, and two second-rounders, to me, that's just you overplayed the market. And and look, you, you don't have to be a genius to go, L.A. moved on. He was pulled out of the lineup two weeks ago because L.A. had a deal done. The Oilers moved on, The too. Oilers moved on and got Ekholm. Everybody else moved Everybody on. Everybody moved on. And so and then now Pignata put out, who joined me on my show yesterday afternoon yeah. and was talking about what the Jets were doing, uh, confirmed the news that the Jets were in on Chikrin as of yesterday morning until the price was too steep and backed out. The price that Ottawa got him for in the afternoon was not, I believe, and I don't know this, but that not the price I believe the Jets backed away from. I think it was higher than that. Mm-hmm. And the Jets were like, that's too pricey. Yeah. And, and so for everybody who, and again, I got the same as you, I get the fever around this. It's exciting time. It's yeah. wondering. And a lot of people asking me today on social media, is Chevy sitting on his hands? The fact that he was in on Chicker until yesterday morning tells me he's not sitting on his hands. But the other idea is we could go through the list of names that are still out there. And at the prices that have been gone for already, that's going to change like the ask on Chikrin has. Yes, these things are still very shifting. Uh, David Pignata also, uh, who again was on your show, has been on the Jets at Noon several times uh, over the past year and a bit. Uh, he was also tweeted out today, the, G- the, the Jets are, are looking ahead 
around for a top three defenseman with term. I'm told Winnipeg was in on Jacob Chirkin, just as you said, but dropped out Wednesday morning. Philly willing to listen on left defenseman Provorov and Sanheim. Uh, Sanheim, of course, a Manitoban, uh, could be on their radar. Uh, Sanheim still has a long contract left. He's coming this year. He's at uh, almost 4.675. And then after uh, into next season, he has a, uh, a cap hit of 625 all the way up until 3031. So that would be a real long-term 30, pickup. 3031. <laughs> yeah. Well, he just signed. Like, he just signed with them. And, um, and then Ivan Provorov, of course, I mean uh, – you know, and he's got three more years uh, after this one uh, at six point uh, seven five, and th- that seemed like something that may not have happened because of the incident with him um, uh, earlier this year with uh, on Pride Night and stuff like that. But um, I- I'm not sure so how that, much that would that affect is an issue. his move. Yeah. Let, before we go on, that will be an issue if yeah. they, any team acquires him, including the Jets. Totally. Um, but we have to keep in mind freedom of speech. So I'm not yeah. defending it if they grab him. I'm not. Yeah. But I do want to say this. The other part of that that people have been reaching out to me is a Russian in this community with so many Ukrainians here. And I want to publicly say, stop doing that. Um, Nikita Kucherov and Ivan Provolov and uh, Artemi Panarin are not responsible for the war in Ukraine right now. Yeah. And as much as, and people know on my show, I've done an extensive amount of coverage of what's going on there and, and how wrong it is and what we're doing for Ukraine refugees. I just think it's stop blaming Russian people that live in Canada or play in the NHL. Ovechkin's different. Forgive yeah. me. I'm sorry, yeah. but Ovechkin's different. But like if the Jets trade for a Russian player, you can't not want them in this community because of the war in Russia. My sister-in-law was born in Russia. Her family moved to Canada because of issues surrounding Putin. Putin, she's no lover of Putin or anything like that. Um, and the reason why they moved to Canada, and she's now a Canadian citizen, is because of some of the corruption and, and, and stuff like that that goes on there in Russia. Uh, but if we're gonna, if that's the road we're gonna go down, I mean, and and, and you know, blaming people that are in Canada for uh, their ethnicity and what's going on in Russia, that's just not good. I mean, I mean, that didn't. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, like it goes back to um, there was like in, in my family, there was some Hofer boys down in, in, in the United States um, that were uh, sent to Alcatraz because they were German speakers during the First World War in, in parts of the Midwest. There was concerns there uh, when, of course, America joined the war in the First World War. Um, and and then there was, you know, of course, the, the Japanese internment camps in the United States I, and Canada yeah, and stuff and like that. This, so is, let's, where, this, this is, is just a personal thing for yeah. me, but I grew up in southern Alberta and Tabor, which is 30 minutes away, and I have a ton of friends there and everything. Um, that's where some Japanese internment camps were. And for 20 years after a war was over, some of the things I saw, like stop, even in our community that people yeah. don't play hockey, um, just... Uh, this is a hockey show. Let's move on. But yeah, yeah. If, no, no, if no. You but trade right. for a hockey, a Russian hockey player, stop saying they're not welcome here or do whatever that the organization has nothing to do with what they do for a living. Yeah, if you want to go after him for his, his stance at the at Pride Night and right. stuff like that's that, that's a I mean, different that's, story. It's totally fair. And if that's your like, I, we, we talked about this before that if it, like I, I see both sides of that argument, and um, I'm I'm going to sit on the fence on that one, 100. percent So, uh, anyways, let, let, let's keep going here. Um, but I mean, it's it's interesting that the the Winnipeg Jets are still active looking for a defenseman uh, and that's sort of where we're hearing some of the rumors going around but also I think there's a lot of 
there's there's a lot going on in terms of forwards. I, I think the Winnipeg Jets are still in on James Van Riemsdyk. Uh, he comes in with a $7 million cap hit. Um, and there's some other really, like, they, there was, from what a lot of the stuff I was hearing, just who you were talking about, like, because the Jets lost out on Jacob Chikrin and, and all this sort of thing, there are tons of available players still. There's, there's uh, uh, just like I just mentioned, James Van Riemsdyk, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, John Klingberg. I don't know what his situation is. I know that he, you know, he wanted to get out of Dallas. Rick Bonus was the head coach there. I don't know if there's if there's anything else going on. Max Domi. I found this very very interesting as well. That this was uh, Pierre LeBron with TSN put this out there. Uh, that right now the asking price for UFA Max Domi is a second round pick. That's down the road. Will the Winnipeg Jets have a second round pick right now in 2025? Is that something that they want to look at? And 2024, was, right? Uh, 2025. I think they traded their 2024 one. If I'm not mistaken I think, I think that's what uh went for nino nino rider um oh right yeah and then, the se- and then this second round pick for this upcoming season that was for brendan dillon if i'm not mistaken if i'm wrong yes, text the no, show 204 right. yeah. but i mean how many times have we talked about the jets needing help on in the face-off dot um you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I mean, and, and Max Domi's had a great year on faceoffs, and he'd be a great piece to, to bring in here. I've been on the Max Domi train for a long time now, but that's just me. And the other thing you have to remember about this trade deadline is whatever happens this season, things could drastically change in the offseason. And, and if they drastically change, there will be first and second round picks coming back. If they drastically change, I'm I'm still of the wonderment of what they want to do. If it's load up this year and next year, and just deal with the fallout, it doesn't sound like a a plan that Chevel Dayoff and the organization normally does. So I think that they'll load up for this year. I mean, need a riders here for another year, stuff like that. Grab turn, but also like whatever's going to change with, and we know the names: Dubois, Shifley, Connor Helbuck, all need contracts. If you are going to deal anybody of that magnitude, you're going to get first round pick back. So just keep that in mind with whatever happens over the next 24 hours concerning yeah. picks. But they don't have a second round pick in the next this year or next year. They don't have a fourth round pick this year, and they don't have a sixth round pick this year. They have a first, a third, and two fifth rounds this year. The other one coming from the Rangers in the Andrew Cop deal. Next year they don't have a second round pick, and then they have their full picks in 2025. So. It's interesting. Like a lot of people ask me, and and so here's my point. Like if the price on Chikrin was what it was, yeah, then you like we could go through the names like Provolov, Sanheim, uh, Van Riemsdyk, yeah. Paranko, who's got a contract to 2030. I mean, if that's the price for those guys, I. I mean, uh, I don't st- know. <laughs> the market is going to go become less expensive. The, the market has been absolutely wild, Jim. It has gone up and down, up and down. One day it's too expensive. The next day it drops like a stone, and then it goes right back up. I mean, you, I mean, we go from that trade for Tanner Janot, uh to Tampa uh, to Jacob Trickern going for a fraction of what was being asked for the last year and a half. Here's a prime example. Mark Lazarus, who covers the Chicago Blackhawks, great guy. We've had him on the station many times over the years uh, for The Athletic. Um, he put this tweet out uh, a couple hours ago. These are the players who so far at this deadline have fetched a first-round pick. Mm. Bertuzzi, Chikrin, Hronik, Gavrikov, and Kopasalo. Ekholm, Sandine, McCabe and Lafferty, Tanner Janot, Timo Meyer, Ryan O'Reilly or Carey, Tarasenko and Horvat. You know who's gone that didn't get one? Was Patrick Kane. That's true. Now it's protected and it could become one if they go to the Eastern Conference Final or whatever. But this being said is that's how the market has dropped in three days. Mm-hmm. Janot, Horvat, 
Tarasenko, Ekholm, Sandine. Bertuzzi got a first-round pick today, and Patrick Kane didn't. So the market's changing. And yeah. um, I, I'm not saying that like that, but I, I still just have this gut feeling, and it might not come to fruition, but I think that when the Luke Shens of the world go to somebody two days ago for a third-round pick, I think the Jets were in on that. Yeah, And I think they didn't do it. Because they're working on something else. Yeah. And they turned out to be Chikrin yesterday. Yeah. They were in on Chikrin. So that could have been why they said no to Shen for a third round pick or a higher one. So I just, I, I think he's working. I think he's grinding some things out. I do think he's going to make some moves. My gut tells me it could be a, a medium size to bigger one, but that's just my gut. Who knows what that means? But I do think he's, it could be some minor bottom six D depth, but. The price is is definitely in the next twenty four hours, in my opinion, going to drop. Yeah, we had. Um, I mean, John Shannon was on. Um, me and him had a, had a sit down one on one. You asked Tuesday. great questions during that. Well, by the way. you know, I mean, I'm he just, said that I'm a genius, and it's, he it's said very how easy great for me your questions to ask were. Questions, such yeah. an improvement from mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he said that he thought the market was going to drop, and I and I felt exactly the same way. I felt like it was going to drop. It wasn't going to stay this high. It was going to eventually come down. Um, and I I think it even I think it could even go a little bit further as, as we get closer here. So there's there's j- teams that, that are going to need to draw. There's teams that are completely out of it. There is no reason for them to be holding on to UFA contracts for teams that aren't going to be going so to the playoffs. So tomorrow morning, if James Van Riensdyk is still a Philadelphia Flyer and the ask is a first-round pick, by noon, are you not taking a third-round pick for James Van Riensdyk? Because he's a UFA. Are. There's no point in keeping You're not making the playoffs this year. Why would you keep And then if on? it is a third-round pick, the Jets could easily go, here's a second. Like so, I just, I it's a fascinating. Here's time. a fourth. Take it or leave it. This all being I'll said, I'll give you a fifth. This all being said, I am disappointed they didn't get Jacob Checker. Yes, especially and and I did 100 percent have that feeling when I saw the asking price. I'm like, and all the re- insiders report that Ottawa swooped in. Yeah. Like so, when they heard that the Jets were out and blah blah blah, they and by swoop in it doesn't mean hey we'll give you. It's like swooping in and going. I know what your ask was. But we'll offer you this instead and not ask you to hold some salary. Let's take a break. You know what it just shows? How badly the Coyotes misplayed that. I'm stunned. I'm not stunned at all. I'm stunned they took on contracts of Datsuk and Chris Pronger to rebuild the organization <laughs> over a decade ago, and they're still rebuilding that organization. And they moved up in the draft by taking on Datsuk's contract to draft Jacob Chikrin. <laughs> Mark Bergevin's within that brass now, eh? And when oh. they were here for that Florida game, the suit on Bergevin oh, was... He's a, he's a sharp dresser. He's a sharp dresser, and the guy looks like he could bench my car. Yeah. You know what? And he also... You know what he said to me when I saw him at that game? Hello. He's <laughs> like, hey. And you combine it with the hair that says, we just woke up. Didn't yeah. even put a comb through it. Yeah. I don't know why he would ever buy a shirt that fits. Like, if I was that <laughs> ripped at that age, I'd just, like, it'd be like, give me the medium. You're a large, sir. No, I'm not. Kelly Moore is going to join us. We're going to go over all the other news coming out of the NHL trade deadline. The Jets did have a practice. They're going to be off to Edmonton later today. What did the lines look like? PLD, Mason Appleton, what's the latest on them? We'll get all into that after 1230. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hello, guys. <laughs> One minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. Just hours. Well, 25 hours away from the trade deadline. 25 and a half. 25 just, and, just and, a half and a half hours from the trade deadline. 
I'm technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. Along with needing Josh Morrissey to score more, Sarah, (laughs) in this Norris finalist season he's having. Now that you're an expert. What one player would you like to see the Jets acquire by 2 p.m. tomorrow afternoon? Oh, you know I have no idea. Just, (laughs) even if it's Gretzky, just say, I'd say it. Sure. Well, you were talking about Pronger earlier, Dryden guy. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine utter retirement? He's he signed a one-year, I'm coming $1 back to play, and I'm bringing hell with me all the way from Dryden. Chris Pronger <laughs> comes in, go. tomahawk chops a guy in the first ten minutes yeah, of the game. Suspended sets. the first game of the playoffs for the entire year. Perfect. <laughs> Is That's Pronger a god in Dryden? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he's pretty popular. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy away from the ice, like off the ice. I know he's a mean Mm -hmm. player, but away from the ice, all the time I talk to him, he's Mm -hmm. one of the more intelligent interviews of any guy. Like he would get a little frosty with the media and stuff like that with questions. I think that he just kind of had fun with it, but he was like, he liked it. He liked it. Big time. He liked liked putting you like he liked to counter you a lot. Oh, big time. Oh, yeah. Um, And then his his brother, Sean, I read his book with Dan Murphy. It's outstanding. Yeah. Self-deprecating humor is Sean Pronger. <laughs> do you like right? self-deprecating humor, Sarah? Oh, yeah. you got to do it. She'd never seen Airplane. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have seen a lot that's of your movies. Weekend Surely you're homework. kidding. I'm not, and I'm don't not. call me Shirley. That's a line from Airplane. Yeah. That works. Well, I said, because we were, were, we were talking in the newsroom, and somebody had said something, and I went, Unger, over, over, done. I had no idea. She had no idea where that was We from. shouldn't talk about messing names up, should we, Sarah? No, you shouldn't. I've had a bad week. <laughs> Good point. I called uh, well, we don't Lisa, need to do and I called Sarah Julie. It was awful. Oh, I thought you were talking about this show. I called you Sam. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Riveting one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets practicing today. They're going to be heading off to Edmonton. Uh, Mason Appleton was put on injury reserve, uh, an emergency call-up for Axel Janssen, Fialbi. A quick note, the Winnipeg Jets hopeful that Mason Appleton uh, could be back for Monday uh, as well. Head coach Rick Bonus following the availability at practice. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois did skate on his own. He is traveling with the team, but doubtful for Friday uh, with some hope on Saturday back in Winnipeg. Uh, the lineup looked Connor, Shifley, Wheeler, Nita Ryder with Lowry and Ehlers, uh, Barron Stenland and Kuhlman on the third line and then fourth line, uh, Menelainen, Gustafsson, and Gagne. Uh, Morrissey, DeMello, Dylan Pionk, Stanley Schmidt, and then uh, Sandberg and Capobianco, the uh, uh, the uh, um, sixth and seventh defensemen. Uh, and with that, we bring on Kelly Moore, 680 CGOB studio host, as well as uh, Jets studio host and 680 CGOB uh, sports director. See, I'm I'm messing this up. I was making fun of Jim, but uh, my brain also not working. I'm, it's so fried from following all this crazy stuff going on at the, at the deadline, Kelly. Poitras, you are now a minus four <laughs> oh, for no. your shift. Hey. Oh, no, minus, minus four. four. What else did I say? You're not going to see a lot of time this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I still use a calculator, so I couldn't keep up, but I know. No, <laughs> You, you you had it all right there. I I'm, I'm just kidding around, but yeah. yeah the, I, I guess the the thing that uh, stuck out with uh, Rick Bonus during his availability, Cam, you outlined it that uh, you know, we probably won't see Pierre Luc Dubois until at least Saturday uh, at the earliest. Uh, you know, when coaches are kind of you know, using the doubtful he'll play on Friday, 
Uh, most coaches are very optimistic when it comes to their high-end talent. Uh, so I think we can read into that. But, uh, uh, you know, what was also very interesting was uh, he was asked about whether David Gustafson might be an option because Rick did say that he's not a big fan of 11 and 7. Uh, and, and so he said, you know what? When the roster is declared after the expiration of the trade deadline tomorrow, you'll have all your answers. So uh, it's a, a wait and see process because, of course, until that two o'clock deadline, and Jim, how far is it away now? 25 hours and 22 minutes? 22, 21 and the 40 seconds away. Okay, there you go. Uh, so, uh, you know, things things could change. We don't know for sure, but uh, I'm guessing that uh, uh, Jets Nation probably hopes that there would be reason to have the finagle uh, uh, with the 23-man roster the way that it's uh, currently set up. Yeah, Kelly, I, you know, you don't have you as much inside information, maybe a little bit more than I do about the Jacob Chikrin situation. How did when you saw that unfold yesterday? How, I mean, what was your sort of viewpoint on it? How do you think, like in 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 terms of uh, how things kind of lined up and, and Ottawa kind of swooping in there? Yeah, that was uh, a great move by Pierre Dorian, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, if if what we were hearing. Uh, about the original ask by Arizona for Jacob Trick- uh, Chikrin was uh, indeed uh, close to being accurate, then I'd say Pierre Dorian did a great job getting Chikrin uh, for what he did. Uh, you know, I- I'm sure the Winnipeg Jets were in on the conversations, uh, but uh, the one thing uh, about trade deadline, <laughs> uh, players who do have some question marks about some of the things that they do uh, all of a sudden, those are quickly forgotten in the excitement of adding them to a roster. So uh, I'm always a big fan of uh, let's see how this plays out uh, before we uh, uh, decide whether that is a, an absolutely monster move uh, by Pierre Dorian or whether it's uh, you know something that you know maybe was made in the heat of the moment. I always come back to uh, you know uh, instances uh, whether it's free agents or, or trading deadline days. You know. Uh, they can either work out beautifully for you, uh, but I think in more cases than not, probably uh, it doesn't work out the way that you had anticipated when you made that deal. So, Kelly, along those lines, what came out of practice today? Because uh, there are some injuries that they're looking for going into Edmonton, and, and I don't think it's uh, emphasized on the trade deadline, but Mason Appleton news and, and what's the latest on Pierre-Luc Dubois? Yeah, well, as mentioned, Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, skated on his own this morning. Uh, Rick Bonus said that uh, he he may skate on his own tomorrow in Edmonton, depending on how he feels like it. And I'll have to go back and listen for sure to make sure that, that PLD is taking the trip uh, because Rick did say that he was, Rick Bonus said that he was doubtful. Pierre-Luc Dubois was doubtful to play tomorrow night. Uh would you know they would be hopeful that maybe Saturday uh, he'd be uh, feeling well enough to go, uh, and then with Mason Appleton, he's on injured reserve. Uh, but Rick uh, did mention that uh, he was uh, hopeful uh, that Mason Appleton might be able to play against San Jose on Monday. So it doesn't sound like either injury 
is uh, beyond more than a day-to-day basis. Are you concerned that uh, they're, like, I mean, I thought it was very interesting what Rick Bonus said yesterday about, you know, some teams come in and they mess with the team chemistry and it works out. Um, and, you know, th- th- like, it's it's funny as we head into the deadline for the Winnipeg Jets and the rest of the league here. I mean, there's no right or wrong answers. I mean, there's sort of the big moves that, that can look flashy, but, I mean, there's no guarantees one way or another, eh, Kelly? Yeah, well, you know, and... and I don't know. Maybe it's just because I am uh, frugal, cheap, miserly, fiscally <laughs> responsible. However, you want to spin it. I, I always kind of go the conservative route, and that is. And I thought Paul Edmonds uh, hit it on the head uh, yesterday with his commentary. And it, it, it all depends on where you sit. Uh, if you uh, uh, feel like overpaying because uh, the situation calls for it, then you do that. Um, I'm. I don't know, and I said this to Jim yesterday, I don't know what Kevin Chevaldayoff is going to do. I know others uh, have suggested that uh, uh, they, they have a pretty good idea of which way he's going to go. I don't disagree with the uh, thought or the, uh, the mindset that they could use uh, another body in their bottom six or their, their bottom nine, if you will, and I think that they could probably use a physical playoff-style nasty defenseman uh, to augment their uh, their blue line rotation. Uh, but whether Kevin Chevaldayoff is able to pull that off tomorrow, I don't know. Uh, but I would agree with the, the, the people that, that feel those are needs that the hockey club could certainly address to better uh, position themselves uh, for the playoffs. And correct me if I'm wrong, Kelly, I mean, the Jets, they've always, when, whenever they've been in a playoff position, they've always at least picked up a defenseman, which they have not done yet. Uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, Cam. I mean, you know, there was Nathan Beaulieu one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I uh, I kind of drawn a oh Dylan Develo another year, uh, but uh, I don't uh, I don't recollect uh, last year because of the situation mm-hmm. they were in. You know, they kind of made sideways moves by keeping Adam Party. I think they picked up Adam Party at the deadline too one year oh. as well. Yeah, wow, that's going back a lot of years. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, though, uh, I, I think that they're close enough, despite this one five and one slide. And yeah, the team's going through at the worst possible time. I would add, uh, uh, the, the, you know, they're going through a slump. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but I think you have to employ also a little bit of big picture thinking here. Uh, so uh, I, I still think uh, that uh, it, uh, it it's more of a situation where. Kevin Chevaldayoff is looking at adding rather than thinking Niederreiter is enough. But it all depends on the price you have to pay. Like, if if you're going to have to uh, unload uh, some of your draft picks, which, you know, for this franchise are very val- valuable. You know, the other thing you have to keep in mind when you're talking about some of the other uh, big market franchises where the players don't always include them on their no-movement clauses, maybe those draft picks aren't quite uh, as... Uh, uh, as as uh, dear and near to the heart as they'd have to be for a market like the Winnipeg Jets. And I am not trying to make excuses. I'm just trying to explain with context. Thanks very much, Kelly. Uh, 680 CJV Sports Director as well as Jets Studio Host. I got it right that time, Kelly Moore. Kelly, thanks oh, so much. Plus two on that shift, Jeff. <laughs> oh, You're only oh, minus God. two right now. You're only minus two right now. You're a bounce back shift. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the, the silence at the end of my explanation tells me how you guys are feeling. <laughs> <laughs>
I was. Well, it's going to be fascinating either way. Like you know, the passion around this team. If they make a couple oh, moves, God. they'll be passionate. If they don't make yeah. any moves, they'll be passionate. It's uh, it's getting. But it has been a fascinating deadline up until this point. Yeah, oh. and, and and just backing up what I had said about the defenseman, Jordy Ben, they picked up in 2021. Dylan Demello, as you said, Kelly was in 2020. Nathan Bullier, 2019, and then Joe Morrow was a pickup in yeah. 2018 when they when they were rolling there too. So. Yeah. Uh, I, and, I do yeah. have some breaking news here from Andy Strickland, who is the St. Louis Blues ringside reporter for Bailey Sports Midwest. He is just reporting that he's hearing Winnipeg Jets defenseman Logan Stanley has asked for a trade. Uh, former first-rounder, 24 years old, still no guarantee the team moves him, but that's a report from Andy Strickland with the St. Louis Blues and uh, Bailey Sports Midwest, and I'm sure that's news that came out about 16 minutes ago, and, and um, that's interesting. Yeah. And Kelly, you have any thoughts on that? Well, you know, uh, I, I don't know that uh, there's uh, probably a portfolio that Logan's put together to make that kind of, de- of a demand. So uh, that's all I've seen with my eyes. But, uh, uh, again, it's a report, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and and that's what it is right now. There's been I've, – I've not seen anything in the body language of Logan Stanley. I know he smashed his stick against the boards once uh, in practice today. Uh, but, I mean, he's only played – 13 games this year uh, and has not been able to, at least I think, move the needle, you know, from the way that he played uh, in the pandemic year in 2020-21. So not sure that that, if if that is the case, and I'm not uh, suggesting Andy doesn't know what he's talking about, uh, but there wouldn't be a position of strength to deal with there, I don't think. Yeah, I don't either, but it's just interesting. And I wouldn't put it out unless I didn't trust Andy, and Andy Strickland's a pretty reliable source. So we'll we'll just see what transpires over the next 24 hours and uh, the next time the Jets are available. Thanks, Kelly. All right, gentlemen. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. Appreciate All it. All right, Kelly. Uh, well, of course, the Winnipeg Jets uh, pregame show at 6 o'clock, uh, puck drop at 8 tomorrow night right here. On 680 CJOB, Kelly will be running that pregame show and in between the periods, and you'll be hearing from Jamie Thomas as well as play-by-play voice Paul Edmonds here on 680 CJOB for that game, the start of a home-at-home back-to-back against the Edmonton Oilers. Andy does add, and just once again, hearing six foot seven Winnipeg D-man Logan Stanley has asked for a trade. Former first-rounder is just 24 years old, still no guarantee the team moves him. Yeah. Uh, from uh, St. Louis Blues ringside reporter for Bailey Sports Midwest, Andy Strickland, with that news, and we understand from the insiders the past couple of days, Logan Stanley's name has been out there. So mm-hmm. Jets considering it at least no no guarantee. And we all know that I think Evander Kane holds a record for asking for a trade, and three years went by, but other <laughs> players have as well. Jack Roslevic, and and uh, it doesn't always happen. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's just mm-hmm. out there now. Yeah, I think it's to me if this is true and these reports are accurate, including the ones of of Logan Stanley being uh, being shopped around. I mean, that coming from a very reliable source, maybe the most reliable in Elliot Friedman with Sportsnet. Um, but maybe this is just him trying to move the needle a little bit and saying, like, listen, I, I want out. So anyways, let's take a break. We'll come back. And again, just reports. We'll wait and see. But we will follow this all throughout the rest of the show. We'll come back. We have one more segment here on Jets at Noon. Might have some time for your text messages. Try to squeeze those in. Thanks for all the help on the uh, – on the uh, on the, on the defenseman um, that the Winnipeg Jets have picked up at the deadline, they're picking up a, a defenseman. I they've done it. I think they're going to do it That's again. That's your you're going on pushing all in. They're grabbing a D man. They're grabbing a D man. If things don't work out, if they are going for a Provorov or a Sandheim, they're going to pick up a depth dude. Now that you've said that, I hope they get five forwards <laughs> and, and no D and a goalie. <laughs> oh, we'll be right back. We'll be seeing fascinating time. Yeah. Jets at noon on six eight CJOB.
Jets at noon. Trade me right now and then hang up the phone. Yeah. Welcome back to the program. Jets at noon brought to you by FXR, the Canadian Power Toboggan Championships for this weekend at the Co-op Community Complex. Go check that out. That is a blast. That's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a great time. And Beauchesure is a good town. Oh, Beauchesure is an awesome town. Beautiful place in the winter. Uh, I've never been in the summer, but I'm sure it's better. As per Darren Dreger, uh, producer of the Jim Toth uh, of the Jim, of the Jim Toth show, Braden Owasco is a Bozazurian. Yeah, yeah, he's a Bozazurian. And I met some of Braden's homies. That's what they call him in Bozazur. These are my homies. Yeah, drinking buddies. Probably. Yeah, pals. one of them's an Astros fan. I'm like, I've never met another Astros fan. Well, Oh, I don't even want to from Bosager. I've met other Astros okay. fans, but I mean, and, from a, and he likes the Jays, so I don't know. This is really yeah, they don't get along. Getting ugly. Uh, this 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 just coming in. We don't know what the parameters are of this deal, uh, but David Peñata with the fourth period, um, as well as Darren Dreger, who we've had on the show this week, both of them are reporting that um, Vegas acquiring two times Stanley Cup winner Jonathan Quick from the Columbus Blue Jackets. What their Columbus is getting back uh, yet to be determined, but that's a we got, we we got we got we got five seconds here, Jim. But this is a great move. It's a great move by Columbus, and it's an even better move from LA. Luke Robitaille told some press or a podcast that Jonathan Quick's not retiring next year, so he would have been in a different jersey than a Kings jersey next year. Anyways, he's thirty nine years old, so that's another reason why they made the move. It's not I just can't believe Dustin Brown is a statue and Jonathan Quirk gets traded. It's not It's not personal. It's only business. That's and it for me. And it's good business, I'll, in my opinion. It is good business. That. That's it for me. I'll be back same time. Trade deadline oh, tomorrow. Oh, baby. Deadline I don't want to say tomorrow. it. I don't want to say it. Get your sleep. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.